Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. I'm Bree James and on today's episode, I'm going to chat to Jocelyn Brewer from Alienware about the impact of gaming tech on our mental well-being. Now, did you know that the average amount of time that people play video games is 4.9 hours per week? It's a lot, but it has actually increased uh, during the COVID, COVID time to up to six hours per week. And it's become a big part of our lifestyle um, because we use it as a safe way to catch up with friends and family. Uh, it's, you know, you know, we can play with people all over the world, which is awesome. Um, but... Does it have an effect on our mental health and socialization skills? It's something that parents worry about, especially with their children uh, being online and you know, having time, not with their friends face-to-face. It's mostly online these days. So I know it's a bit of a worry for many parents. So I thought we'd get uh, the beautiful Jocelyn Brewer from Alienware online to help us. So she's going to come on Zoom and help explain the effects gaming can have on us and why parents have now joined in the gaming fun, uh, creating a whole new way for families to bond. Let's get her on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Jocelyn, why should families game together? Because I know a lot of parents are like, I don't want my child gaming and, you know, or it's very separate, you know, you go to your room and do your gaming and, you know, you've got 40 minutes and then come back out. But why should parents join in with all the action too. Yeah, well, what I find is when I set um, lots of parents' homework to go and play with their kids. So the home play is literally download a game and go and play or go and, you know, experience what they're experiencing because I think we have a different attitude to technology than we do to, say, books. We wouldn't necessarily give kids books and go, oh, I don't want to know about those funny book things. Please go away and book on your own. Um, We're kind of like, oh, Harry Potter, we're into that or whatever, you know, series of books you're interested in. So, look, from a couple of perspectives, one, games are actually really fun and I think we as parents could do with a little bit more fun and a little less kind of serious, busy stuff that we're always kind of occupied with. Um, And two, it gives us a really good insight and and window into kids' worlds and, and an understanding of exactly what's going on in those spaces so that we can have a little bit more, um, I guess we don't want to be kind of creeping into their space, but really understand some of the the risks um, when it comes to, um, you know, uh, it could be anything from, you know, the fights that might they might have with the kids that they're playing. Um, it could be uh, this the potential to talk to strangers on the internet, all of those things. So when we actually play the games with them, we have a better understanding of what's going on and we can mitigate some of those things a lot better. Mm, and I guess it gives us an understanding as well um, with the game and, it, you know, it does give you that fun time because you're right, parenting can get a bit, um, they get all the fun and we get all the hard work. So we do yeah, think and fun as parents to have fun. I think sometimes we also think we're going to be really crap at it, which will, you know, we'll probably talk about some of this a bit later. The idea that our kids can teach us something and we can go, wow, I have not given you any instruction on that yet you've mastered it there's something that happens within that gaming space that is actually really fascinating. And I think that we could actually learn a lot from that. I I certainly think classrooms could learn a lot from some of the dynamics in games where, you know, no kid picks up whatever game that they're playing and only plays at 80% of their effort. They always game at 100% of their effort. And imagine what it would be like if we could 
could get kids to be um, applying that kind of effort to their learning, especially when it gets tough, right? Absolutely. I guess the challenge for parents, though, is like you can't gamify everything in their life. So any No, no. And gamification is not um, necessarily the answer. Gameful design, which I know sort of might sound like semantics, but in the, I guess, the nerdy nerdy academic land that I I live in most of the time, it's actually about looking at the principles that happen in games that have people so engaged and then bringing those into real life. And so it's more about the thinking principle than actually, you know, putting a badge on everything or giving you points for like brushing your teeth and some of the things that by the time you're, you know, you're over five, you should just be doing because you're a, a functional human. Yeah, no, I love that. So what can uh, like affect mental well-being and socialisation with gaming? Yeah, so with socialisation, many games are a multiplayer or cooperative play games. So it's not like we are just playing Tetris, um, which is something that I guess I grew up um, doing. Obviously, there are some games like that, um, um, which can be useful too. But a lot of the socialisation stuff is really about cooperative um, decision-making, problem-solving, how do we make, um, how do we work as a team? And noticing that even like within teams, there's certain personalities that people take on. So there's always like the alpha leader. There's a person who's really quiet and then comes through with the goods at the end. So some of those skills where you're actually, you know, applying, um, again, kind of what we'd call um, soft skills, emotion regulation skills, emotion control skills, executive functioning skills to maybe not a real world problem, you know, like, you know, killing zombies or whatever. But when it comes to actually real world problems, all of the ways that you you might have been thinking about that, you can apply, you know, to the actual situation. Um, in terms of mental health, I think, again, the connectedness that happens in games is really, really important. So, um, you know, again, mitigating some of the risks where you, you know, aren't necessarily playing with a big open world if you're an eight-year-old, that you're playing a particular game with people that you know. Um, that connectedness within a game, we absolutely know, is one of the key things that, that people are seeking, you know, through a lot of technology and the way that we're connecting. So Alien, uh, Alien West's latest survey show that in the change of behaviours towards gaming in the last six months has, has been massive. Tell me a bit more about that. That's right. So Alienware did this survey around gaming and social distancing. So um, in terms of uh, while we've been in lockdown, what, what's happened to our gaming um, attitudes and also the practices. So the three big things that from a parenting perspective Um, I think is really uh, interesting is 44% of parents started playing with their kids, actually, you know, got involved, got into that, maybe because they had more time, maybe because they had absolutely no time and the only thing was to to actually, um, you know, throw up their hands and and play. And, again, as we've we've sort of spoken about, that connectedness and kind of seeing into their world and understanding a little bit more of the practical realities of what you get out of that I think is incredibly um, important in an age where many of us report that, that that distancing with our kids or that feeling like they're slipping away, especially once they get into that tween kind of teen age as well. Um, 
And the other aspect to it was that 75% of parents actually recognised that games could have an educational value, that they, there was something educational in gaming. Um, again, sometimes that's about the content of the games and, and something that I've talked about for a long time is sort of digital nutrition or virtual vitamins. So how do we look at what's actually in the activities that we're doing? Um, so, yeah, recognising that and maybe recognising that there's lots of different games out there that aren't just necessarily the shooting kind of, kind of ones. And then the, um, 33% of parents just allowed their kids to play for longer. And again, the context here is um, unprecedented global pandemic, which of course we needed to um, be flexible around given how quickly we had to change and respond and our, our sort of lives got um, upended because of this. So um, one of the things that we, we talk about in terms of screen time is really actually moving away from screen time alone as a metric and looking at the context of why um, you're doing particular activities. And obviously global pandemic um, context is, you know, the, the time metric kind of to some degree went out the window and we did focus more on the quality of the content that we were consuming. Hmm. So interesting. So you mentioned that, you know, there are the quality of game makes a difference. It's not all shooting games. Can you recommend a few? I'm putting you on the spot here. But oh, I, look, I, I, I avoid recommending games because there are 2 million out there and I can't possibly know all of them. So what I do is I suggest principles by which you can decide whether or not kind of like what's the nutritional label on the game or the app like how would you appraise that if it was a, a piece of you know something on the shelf at the supermarket so something that you need to think about is um the content so what is the actual storyline what is the gameplay what is the purpose of the game is the game actually um age appropriate for your child so if you have an eight-year-old child and the game is for 13 plus you would want to ask a bunch of questions about whether or not that's kind of appropriate. It's kind of like taking a kid and eating some fancy food when they're three. Their, their guts are just probably not ready for that. Um, and then to think about, so you've got the content um, and the, the kind of developmental uh, developmental appropriateness and then the context. So um, how, what kind of, I guess, game is it? So for some games like the big one that's become very popular, that starts with F and sounds like two weeks. Um, that one actually you play, um, it, it's only a 20, 25 minute game. So you can actually play a game of that game. Very <laughs> rapidly, yeah. Point, right? um, and it's over. Whereas some games are persistent worlds. So the idea of building something, um, for instance, in the Lego style online game, uh, if you're playing a particular modification and you've built some amazing castle and then you have to leave it, somebody's probably going to come and burn that down. And that's really distressing for little ones who have put big efforts into it. So you really want to think about the, you know, what's going on within the game um, and, and do your own research around who's made it, how much do they make out of it um, when there's loot boxes and things like that. What are the likelihood if you pay for some of the fancy doodads in the game that um, you're going to get the thing that you're hoping to get? So there's gambling within it. Um, there's a whole range of different things, I guess, that parents just need to be aware of and to look out for when their when their kid approaches them to say, everyone is playing this game. You're a terrible parent if you don't let me have it, which is usually what kids say. Um, <laughs> I get so that a I, lot in my house. So yeah, like, I actually get the kids to have to go and do their own due diligence and there's a little um, kind of report that they need to write to indicate and, and kind of sell the parent on whether or not that's really a game that we should be allowing them to play. So they're getting their own kind of digital literacy around that um, in, and 
and learning a lot about how to kind of, I guess, ask the right questions so that, again, we're not doing all of that hard work all the time. I love that. That's a really great idea. And I'm sure kids are so keen to play on these devices and on these games that they actually will finally do a report. So <laughs> yeah, it's, there's literacy in that, right? Like straight up literacy. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the tip of the year, that one. Thank you, Jocelyn. So how could it be a positive outlet then for parents and kids? Because you've mentioned quite a few there, but have you got any more reasons why it is such a positive experience for parents and children to be gaming together? Yeah, so again, another aspect to this is really letting kids be um, experts in their own domain. Like we would pretty much say that kids are much better at that stuff than, than we are. So there's something really, especially again with the tweens and the teens as they get older, actually demonstrating their own skill and um, I guess competence around some of these things so that they start realising the power that they have to share and um, kind of connect with us. Um I think when you go back to like, you know, my generation, which makes me sound super old, but growing up in the 80s, we had one TV. It was in a central place. You all had to kind of agree on what shows you were going to watch. Kids TV was really on for a couple of hours in the afternoon and Saturday morning. Now we all have our own devices and our own ability to kind of go down that rabbit hole. What games do is actually kind of bring us into a central point and give us some experiences that we can share. And again, we, we're then doing our oversight on noticing what skills do my kid does my kid have when they go into these games and can I trust them then to go and play um, you know, on their own with strangers in, and developmentally kind of take the, the training wheels off their gaming experiences. So um, in a world where I think we're feeling disconnected and it's not like we can just, there's a little nostalgia to like, oh, we used to ride our bikes down the street. Now we don't let kids do that because they might get kidnapped or something. We kind of can't go back to that. So we have to create something new. And I think gaming together is one of those things. Mm, I love it. So for parents that may be a little bit like me that are quite hesitant to fully embrace the gaming world, but you've definitely inspired me to maybe get into a game of Fortnite. So thank you. <laughs> what? I call that game. So I play that game and I play it terribly. Um, I actually play like a grown-ups version of it called PUBG. But when I play it, so you start off and you're basically just in knickers, right? And you have to parachute to get to the island. Now I call it Jocelyn goes parachuting in her knickers because literally all I can do, I've learned how to parachute for a really long time. It's really quite fun, this kind of online parachuting. And then I land and then I kind of run around a bit. Everyone finds me, you know, kills me and the game's over. So it's it's <laughs> like you, you don't have Record to- Record everyone like, listening. You're not actually in your underwear on the screen. No one can see that, right? No, 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 no. Like, but the idea is once you land, you go and find like the clothes to wear and the, you know, all the doodads, right? I never get to that point. I just do really great parachuting, right? <laughs> so you don't have to be good at it. You just have to put your toe in the water and be curious, right? So as a parent, I just say, be really curious. If you gave your kid a soccer ball, you kind of know what the soccer ball does. You could do a whole bunch of different stuff with the soccer ball. Um, we kind of need to take some responsibility for understanding what the game is before we, we hand it out. And if we do that with much more curiosity than like, oh, I've got to go and game, right? Again, no kid would do that. Um, they, they do that about cleaning their rooms or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, switch yeah. that around a bit. There's a lot more freedom in that, I think. I love it. Well, perfect tips for us parents that are sitting on the fence about gaming. Thank you so much, Jocelyn, for your incredible insights. You've definitely, you've definitely inspired me. I think I'm, I'm going to try that undie parachuting game. Sounds great. <laughs> Players un, um, the Player Unknown Battleground is what it's called, PUBG. 
Sounds like a perfect Friday night for all us. I don't know that I'm supposed to be saying that, but, you know. (laughs) You can say whatever you like. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? All right, we learned a lot. So number one was that gaming with our children is very beneficial for us parents as well as our children. We will gain a better understanding of what's going on in our child's world and also have the opportunity for our child to teach us something which, you know, kids love doing that. Number two was that it's a great way to encourage teamwork, problem solving and decision making. So there's a lot of skills, a lot of soft skills that can be learnt uh, through gaming as well. Now, the other three big takeaways that were mentioned from the Alienware Gaming and Social Distancing Survey was that 44% of parents started playing games with their children during lockdown. Uh, And this percentage noticed a closer connection with their child when gaming and a stronger understanding of what's happening in their child's world. So there's a lot of positivity uh, from that. And 75% of parents recognize that games could have an educational value towards their child and that there is more out there than just shooting games. So make sure you check out other options. Um, And the other thing was 33% of parents allowed their children to play online games for longer, especially during lockdown, because, you know, let's face it, they're really quiet. And they're busy and they, you know, you get a bit of a break. Um, But the top three things that Jocelyn said to look for when choosing a game for your child is number one was the content. What is the storyline? Is the game age appropriate for your child? Uh, The other thing was what's the context of the game? What is it about? How much are the creators making from this game? And I love this one. Get your child to do the research and make up a report to then sell back to you as to why they should be able to play the game. And then you can see the ins and outs of it all. And they've done all the research for you. You don't have to do it. They've done it. And I'm t- as, as she said, they'll be very passionate to do it for you. And uh, they can prove to you whether the game's something they should be doing or not. Well, that's the end of another show. Uh, if, remember, if there's any important links uh, that we've mentioned, they will be in the show notes. And a big thank you to everyone that's made the show possible today, including the wonderful Jocelyn Brewer. Thank you so much for your incredible insights. So until next time, happy parenting. Enjoy the video games. Go on, go and have a bit of fun. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.